Hello, and welcome back to SAS Stories and Sarcasm. We're your hosts, Mary and Brian, and this is episode 158. Now, we have a special guest on the podcast that we got to interview um, over this weekend, but before we get to that, we'll start with some weekly updates. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mary. Uh, As you know, it was a three-day weekend, uh, Labor Day taking up the Monday, so we had lots of things to do this weekend. And firstly, what we did was I went to a college football game. It was my first college football game. It was UW versus the Montana Grizzlies. It was their first game of the season. And unfortunately, uh, while it was a lot closer than the Seahawks game, it was too close. In fact, we lost that game. (laughs) Um, I believe this ending score was, what was it? 10 to 7. 10 to 7. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, So that was fun. We got to go to that with uh, our friend Nick. We also went on a Theo chocolate tour. They are based in Fremont um, in Seattle. And so that was very fun. Got to see how the chocolate around and then they got some samples. Mm-hmm. So that was very fun. Um, let's see. Also went to dinner with Hannah and Corey and uh, that was tasty. Went to a good Mexican place. And- yes. If anyone's ever in the Ballard area, I highly recommend going to Matador. That is my favorite restaurant <laughs> mm-hmm. of all of Ballard right now. <laughs> that um, you've tried. That I've tried at least. But I'm the sure thing is, you, t- you said that you wanted to try every restaurant in Ballard, but you just keep going to Matador. So it's going to yes. take a while. <laughs> yeah, it, it might take a couple of years. <laughs> and I also got to uh, hang out with Brayden and I got to celebrate her birthday. So that was fun. A lot, busy weekend. Lots of Lots of fun stuff going on. Yes, yes. And there's one more point I'd like to make. Uh, as you guys know, I had a a plant that was given to me was like a Christmas tree. And unfortunately I decided to finally get rid of it. Uh, it was long dead. It's been dead for months now. And I figured, you know what, it's, it's not worth having around as a dead Christmas tree. So considering, you know, it's almost, it's September Christmas is just around the corner again. <laughs> uh, so I'll probably have to replace that, but yes, the, the dead Christmas tree is gone. Just so you guys know. I'm glad everyone knows now. Well, this week we have a special guest, and if you like The Bachelor and you like analyzing data, then you'll like this. Um, it's Bachelor Data on Instagram. So if you want to go uh, go to the Instagram while you're listening to this, type in Bachelor Data. So we'll get into it very soon. Did you know the American Heart Association recommends 150 active minutes each week to help with heart health? What if you could earn rewards just for being healthy? That's where Paceline comes in. Paceline is a free app that gives you rewards for exercising 150 minutes per week. Keep up a weekly streak and get even more rewards. Every week of your streak, the rewards vary. You can choose from gift cards from Amazon, Starbucks, Target, and more to discounts for products or services, and even donations to charitable organizations. Join me on Paceline. To get started, download the free Paceline app Connect it to your activity tracker and use our referral code SSSPOD to start earning rewards just for being healthy. So today we're talking to Susanna, the founder of Bachelor Data on Instagram. She collects and analyzes data about The Bachelor and her Instagram account is full of graphics from featured screen time to contestants' Instagram follower growth and so many other fascinating insights that we'll talk about. Um, the Bachelor Data Instagram account has over 65,000 followers right now and growing. And in addition, Susanna recently launched a Bachelor Data Academy online course, which I'm currently taking um, to learn more about Google Sheets. 
Um, please welcome to the podcast, Susanna. Thanks so much for joining us today. Great to meet you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So just to start off, do you want to tell us a little bit more about um, you and uh, did you watch The Bachelor before you thought of the idea and how did you get started? Yeah. So I started watching The Bachelor, oh gosh, like over a decade ago at this point. So I was in college, um, it was around Jake Pavelka's season. So I think it was like, what, 2010? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I got into the show and then um, fast forward, I was an elementary teacher turned technology director And it was a few months into my first job as a technology director when I realized that everybody expected me to be this like spreadsheets wizard. (laughs) I did not know how to use Excel. I actually got quite intimidated and stressed anytime one came to my box. So I tried to like take courses online and they were all just horribly boring and dry that I just decided before Colton season started to start tracking all the women on the season and their Instagram growth. And then I thought it would be more fun to play with that data. Kind of like, I don't know, in education, we call this project-based learning or like a passion project. Yeah. Um, And like use that data to learn how to use formulas and, you know, navigate my way around spreadsheets. And one thing led to the next that I just became really comfortable with it just by tinkering with it and sharing that data on Reddit. And then um, about three weeks before the world shut down because of COVID, um, I started an Instagram account because I wanted to push myself a little bit more on the data visualization side. Like how do you show data and tell stories with it in a really quick and concise way? And um, I had all these big dreams to do stuff that summer and especially with Claire season that was about to start filming, but um, put, had to put that on hold through the pandemic <laughs> just because the nature of my job working in education and picked it up this last fall and it has been a blast to work on. Yeah. We were going through all of your old posts and we're like, wow, that's first of all, the graphics have gotten better and better. And also so many cool insights along the way. And now you're doing bachelor in paradise for the first time too. So. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go back and I like, you look at my original posts and I like cringe now, but at the time I was like, Oh, these are beautiful. And it's, <laughs> It's cool to like look at that journey, like not to be too corny with The Bachelor, just because like I I can't I don't think people really get it that when I started this project back in it was December 2018, just before Colton's premiere, um, like I would literally get stressed if I saw like a Google sheet linked in an email or like an Excel attachment and like let alone even understanding how to ex- like export them into different formats. I had no idea what any of that was. <laughs> and now it is hands down my favorite tool. Like I am constantly jumping in and trying to help people with data analysis now at work, outside of work. And it's, it's really cool to see like where it's come from, especially yeah. like in my original days posting on Reddit, where I literally just like take a screenshot of a spreadsheet thinking people could understand it. You know? And most people can't. No, no. (laughs) I remember taking like a basic Excel class in like high school or something. And, you know, it's it's just like, you know, your basic like some functions, but there's so much you can do with Excel beyond that. And Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, like that's just so crazy that, you know, you, you can do that. Like, it's amazing. Like I wholeheartedly believe, like I cannot say this enough that like learning how to use Excel or whatever your organization uses, if it's Google Sheets or Excel, is the best skill that you can do to move yourself ahead in your career. And if that's also not your goal, if you're like happy where you're at, 
to save a lot of time <laughs> to make it look like you're doing a lot of work when you're actually not like yeah. it, whichever route you want to go down, like it can really help you. <laughs> yeah. So you started by collecting Instagram follower contestants, Instagram follower growth. Um, now, how do you do that? Do you collect it weekly or, and do you also, do you still collect old contestants data, like Instagram follower growth too? <laughs> <laughs> See if it's declined or not. <laughs> No. So when I originally started, I, I set up a spreadsheet and it was like their names at the top. And then each name was linked to their profile. And this is nowadays, I still do it this way. You open up each profile at 8 PM EST, you know, Eastern standard time. Yeah. And you hover over the number you met, you remember it and you put it on the spreadsheet and you also make wow. sure you look at the previous ones and you, you double check, but, and I, I, I trade off. So it's a lot to do. And especially like things happen, you know, and sometimes, so my mom actually helps a lot with this and it's become a cool project with her too now. Um, but for a while I had a script, but it's called web scrape and it basically, um, with Google sheets, it's called Google app scripts. Mm -hmm. And you like write this code and make it run on a time trigger. And it used to pull it all for me. And that was amazing. But then Instagram changed their guidelines and web scraping isn't totally allowed anymore. So, um, it, a, it broke the script. It stopped working mm -hmm. and B, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get like banned. You know, if I don't, I don't want my like IP address to get in trouble with Instagram. So oh, yeah. right. <laughs> we're going back to it the old fashioned way. <laughs> so wow. do you have like a history in like, like programming too? Cause web scraping is like, uh, you know, like, no, you just self-taught <laughs> yeah. yourself that I mean, or? I like, I know HTML, like we all were on MySpace as kids and we had to change our backgrounds. So you learned mm -hmm. like basic HTML, but right. no, I just like, I found one online by Googling and then some amazing people on Reddit, like just this anonymous forum, people reached out to me were like, Hey, do you need help with like setting up the script? And I was like, yes, please. Oh, wow. Um, That's so cool. And that literally is like cool. jumped on a Google meet with these like people, like <laughs> this girl in particular that helped me name Emily in New York jumped on Google meet with me for like an hour and helped me set up this like complex, like the web scraping script on my computer. It's awesome. Wow. Wow. So now that you have to do it manually again, do you still collect data for past contestants from past seasons? Cause that would take forever. There's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> we do. So we start basically like a week before season starts, we start collecting on all of the, the contestants. Um, but we also like we'll collect an initial point either when, you know, spoilers start coming out on who's going to potentially be on a season mm -hmm. or like that day that, you know, ABC releases all the profiles. So we have a few data points before season starts. And then when a season ends, we collect data for an entire week after. And then we do a one month check-in post finale on where they're at. Um, but no, we don't. <laughs> it's so funny because people always want the like, who has the most Instagram followers right now? And I'm like, we do that once a year and it requires us <laughs> to go through about 800 profiles within a 24 hour span between me and like three people. And you have a full-time job. So don't right. have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then another one that you pull every week is the featured screen time. Now what goes into collecting featured screen time? Oh gosh. That's so that was a project that started during uh, it was right at the beginning of Tasha's portion of her season. Mm -hmm. And you know, I had been doing segments, you know, like during the episode, like, is there a one-on-one -on -one date, like a group date and that type of stuff. But I really wanted to go into like, how much are we seeing this, these people on our screens? Right. So, um, I started tinkering. It was episode five during that season 
with um, collecting, we called it featured screen time, not screen time. And Mm -hmm. the goal there is I want to know like, who are we seeing the most? And it's not like, think about when they're all sitting on the couch, like 20 women. I don't want to know that they're on the screen then. But if Mm -hmm. there's two women arguing back and forth at each other on the couch, I want screen time calculated for them. So that's kind of what featured screen time means. And it's this really complex rubric, but myself and I brought somebody on board named Sophia. um, And she really, she does a lot of the screen time collection now. Um, We literally, we we buy it on Amazon video and (laughs) we use timestamps because we want to make sure we're both using the same source. If we have to like trade off that we are Mm -hmm. starting and stopping at the same point. Um, and then that has been a project of learning like true efficiency (laughs) spreadsheets because having to analyze this weekly after all that data is collected is a lot of work. Oh yeah. I mean, sounds like it, especially with paradise, there's so many different changes between people and new people are coming and (laughs) yeah, it's been like double the amount. Cause like we call, we call it like a like little tiny segments basically. So like the start and end time for somebody when it changes who's featured. Um, on Bachelor, Bachelorette, it's normally about like three to 400 like changes. So rows of data. Mm-hmm. And Bachelor in Paradise has been like six to 800. And it is <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah. Now, because of all of this work, has collecting and analyzing data affected your experience of the show? Like, do you still enjoy oh, yeah. watching it or... Do you have like new insights to the show like that you wouldn't have had otherwise? I still enjoy it. I'd say that the parts that I normally don't enjoy watching it. So like Bachelor in Paradise right now, like I'm not totally here for the Demi and Aaron storyline. Like it's not doing it for me. Um, (laughs) Like when I don't enjoy those watching it live, I especially don't enjoy them when I have to go back to collect the screen time. Yeah. Um, Especially because not only do I like not enjoy it, but then I also have to check my bias a lot during that time is, am I swaying the screen time because I have this emotional, like, I mean, it's not like I'm like hating it. Like, yeah. I mean, I, these are just characters on TV, right? Like I yeah. can't hate these people, but like, is my annoyance with this biasing how I'm saying who's going to be featured? So I really try to, to check that bias along the way, but it, I'd say it just like heightens both ends of the spectrum. Like if I really liked a segment, I really enjoy analyzing that. But then also I find like the most random things that I totally miss the first time I watch. So like uh, on Katie's season with Connor, Connor B, mm-hmm. there was like this random moment <laughs> where like it was quiet and awkward around like Thomas or Carl, like one of the villains. Mm-hmm. And he's just on the couch and he's like, boop. And it's like, <laughs> what? I didn't. I didn't hear that. And probably no, no one else did either. Around, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so you have like a full time job, as you mentioned, as a K twelve technology director. So how many hours a week do you spend on this? Sounds pretty intensive. <laughs> oh, my day job. Mm-hmm. I and, mean, and then like, how much do you spend on bachelor data? You know, after work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I especially when I get home, I feel like I'm just bouncing between like different things that I do. I'm, but also like, to be fair, I'm a person that thrives working. Like I, I, I am not a person who can lay still for a whole weekend. Like (laughs) only if I'm like hungover or something like that. Um, (laughs) but no, my day job is it's pretty intense. And especially right now we've had a massive project that, um, been dealing with some health issues around like anxiety, just because it's been a lot. Um, 
but, and like, I have to say too, that I'm like, well, before that, we were also like dealing with pandemic teaching, which for technology department was pretty rough. Um, so I'd say easily since the pandemic, I put in like anywhere from 10 to 12 hours of work for my day job, um, Mm -hmm. which is where spreadsheet efficiency efficiency comes in is, you know, if every week I'm doing a, you know, who got the most screen time, the race representation, the screen time versus Instagram growth. Like if I had to manually create those every single week and like, like manually create the calculations, like the, you know, some, if you see like Connor's name, some, if you see Demi's name, like if I had to do that every week, like I, I wouldn't be able to sustain, sustain it. So it does help to have these like really organized spreadsheets that have come like, and basically like they did not start clean or helpful in any way. It was just, you know, through me having to do things really repetitively, when you see yourself doing something that's repetitive, there's probably a better way to do it. Oh, for sure. And it's about finding them. So, um, yeah, I'd say easily work is work is pretty rough, but I I try to catch up on the weekends too. And like batch prepare things and then schedule things out. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like, then this week happens where it's like back to school and we still haven't even posted episode five stuff. Cause I just, that's okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's like up and down. Yeah. So, um, I know that your job and bachelor data probably takes up majority of your time, but do you collect or de- uh, analyze data for any other aspects of your life? Like any sports, like statistics or, um, any of your daily habits or anything else in your life, or is it just oh, a thousand percent? <laughs> oh yeah. A thousand okay. percent. I have I, uh, my favorite one is, um, so I grew up with like a gearhead father. He's mm-hmm. super into cars and also really into Excel and spreadsheets. And he has been tracking on Excel, um, gas consumption of all his cars. So every time he fills up gas, um, what was the car's mileage? Uh, how much, how much mileage did that tank get? How much was the gas? How many gallons did they put in, et cetera. Um, he's oh, been wow. tracking that since like 1994. Wow. Every car that him and my mom have, and my mom hates it. Like every time she'd have to write it down. So I actually set up a similar system myself because it is useful. Cause if you see fluctuations in your gas consumption, but your driving hasn't changed, there's something wrong with your car. Higher mm-hmm. pressure. Uh, <laughs> but again, like, yeah, I mean, it also like there are better ways to do this now with technology with cars, but yeah. So I, I do that with like Google forms on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like habit tracking because I feel like it helps hold me accountable and keep me on a routine yeah. and productive. Um, but yeah, I, I do. And it like, I love sports analytics and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just like snowballs. It's like, once you start thinking and having fun with spreadsheets and you start thinking of like all these other things you could be analyzing. Yeah. I figured if you're like using spreadsheets at work and then using spreadsheets for bachelor data, why not do it for everything else too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing how nerdy I'm coming off. No, no. <laughs> uh, it's super cool. You mentioned uh, sports analytics. I was actually going to ask you this question. If sports came along, have you seen the movie, uh, the Moneyball with Brad Pitt in it? I feel like you would really enjoy that. I haven't, mm-hmm. okay. but I, I'm super interested. I mean, I, there was yes. actually somebody on um, I think it was Desiree's season who mm-hmm. worked for pro football focus. Oh, and oh okay. It's super interesting. Everything that goes into sports analytics and it's like, it is a like billion dollar industry. It is oh, yeah. insane. And literally sports like analysts, they do the same thing that we do as screen time, but mm-hmm. with analyzing the plates and they, they literally like rewind it and watch the same 10 seconds to analyze it 
from each player's point of view. And it's like, it's wild. Oh yeah. I was watching uh, like this segment on ESPN the other day and it was like showing like every player's field goal percentage, right? At different points on the court specifically. <laughs> so it goes pretty in depth, uh, but yeah, I would recommend the movie Moneyball. It's a, uh, it's a baseball movie and it's Brad Pitt's in it. <laughs> and uh, basically they're trying to put together a team uh, based solely on statistics and not just off like general, you know, like opinions on players. So. Oh, I know what I'm doing tonight now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, also, we noticed that you're able to turn around some of the graphics crazy, crazy fast, like the segment analysis. And even Tammy, one of the contestants on Bachelor in Paradise, commented on your post this week about how the heck did you get it turned around so quickly? And again, it's efficiency, spreadsheet efficiency. And also, you just have all these templates and everything in place. So you're able to do that, it's, but it's crazy. Like we're on the West coast. And so, I mean, we see the segment analysis go up before we, the show even starts for us. <laughs> and, and I like yeah. that you don't, that you don't have spoilers. So you're date one, date two, don't say who's on the date. So we can still be surprised. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things like the way that I've set it up is like when I watch the show, um, I, I just have on my computer, like the spreadsheet up on the left. And then I have a website in the background that just has an atomic clock going. So I can mm. know this, like whenever we like cut to commercial or whenever it changes from them being on the beach with going to a date. And mm-hmm. I just put that time in the spreadsheet and then it auto populates the next row's start time. And then it's also on the right side, calculating elapsed time. But then I use a formula to like sum based on the segments that it's pulling from. So like commercial preview, uh, sand hangouts, uh, group date, etc. And Mm -hmm. then I have to the right of all of that, it's just a, um, it pulls in from that area that's calculating things. It's a um, like sort formula. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the episode's over, I just copy and paste that formula into the chart and it's ready to go. And it's more just like at that point, tinkering with like the wording and making it look pretty. Um, That slows me down because like in theory, if I just had it post the way that the, the program that I use called Canva Mm-hmm. um, spits out those spreadsheets or the, the charts, like it, it just wouldn't look good. Um, <laughs> because I'm really picky on like the way it looks on my page, but, um, it, it's really nice that like, all I have to do is just hit the start, like the end times, and then right. it's ready to go as soon as the episode's over. Yeah. You're essentially done by the time that the episode's over for that part of the data analysis, at least since so you can put post it so quickly. And like I said, the West coasters can, you know, see what's happening and realize, Oh, we're in for a lot of commercials every single week. <laughs> the other thing too that's nice about it is like, I, and again, I'm I, I'm going to sound like a broken record machine, but finding ways to set up systems so you don't have to keep doing it every week, it really comes in, it comes in clutch because yeah. like, especially like there are some weeks, like this week's episode four, Monday night's episode was so boring for some reason for me. Yes. And I was like almost falling asleep at like nine 30 and there's like another half hour. And like, for me, it's never like just another half hour. Cause I have to put the segment analysis up afterwards. Right. So then I know I have at least another half an hour of work. Like if I had to do that all manually every week, just like at work, like if we, if we don't know how to use Excel really well, um, there's a lot of stuff that you're doing manually that like is tiring, not necessary. And like, you'll get time back to like, sleep. especially if you're working from home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's key. Um, So what are some of your favorite graphics to make each week? Like I've noticed a few that I thought were interesting. The fireworks analysis, there's a post from June, 2020 with your data back to the 2014 season that notes that bachelor contestants 
they got the fireworks day either made it to the finale or the week before the finale every time since you started collecting that data. And although only one guy with a fireworks date has gotten the final rose. And then another one was how far do the first one-on-one -on -one dates make on the bachelorette? And then with your data back to the 2011 season, it shows that none of the guys who were given the first impression rose ended up winning. And then in March, 2020, you posted that 60% of contestants who meet the family second and have the final date go on to win. Like these are data points that could help people win their bachelor fantasy leagues. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. A thousand percent. And I feel like these are also the things that people think of most yeah. when they're sitting and watching the show and they're like, Hmm, I, I think a lot of people get the first impression rose on the bachelorette, make it pretty far. Right. Or, or like the bachelor season will start and they'll be thinking of bachelorette stats, not realizing that it's very different between bachelor and bachelorette. Yeah. Um, but nobody wants to analyze that because let me tell you guys, it takes a lot of time to go yeah. back and get that data. And like what's nice for me is once I collect that data, it's just a matter of keeping it up to date every season, mm -hmm. but it is a really big task to go back and get all of that data. Um, but I feel like it's just fun. Like there's like data is really useful and it's, it's used in every industry, like education, um, politics, mm -hmm. uh, like accounting, like it's, it's literally everywhere. Even people who are creatives use some form of data analysis. So I think it's one of those things that it's used everywhere. And it is so fascinating that especially somebody else is going to do the work for you. I think that that's kind of why the account has grown so much is like, I'm doing this work for you guys. Yeah. I'm getting it out to you <laughs> at relevant times throughout the season. So um, it's nice to be able to provide that for people. I remember seeing a chart that you put out uh, it was a recent one. And uh, I think you were doing some sort of metric with Connor's shirt as one of the data points. <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't seen this episode yet, but I'm definitely looking for Connor's shirt. And lo and behold, <laughs> that was a very bizarre shirt. <laughs> no, and it was like the topic of the second half of the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you track like the animals and the crabs on Bachelor in Paradise, which I think is funny. Oh, yes. <laughs> for some reason, there's so many shots of animals um, yeah. on the beach. <laughs> But, but then we had crabs. so many crab shots for the first <laughs> two weeks, but then this week we were deprived of the crabs. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you know if any of the producers or anyone from ABC follows you and like uses your data for their own job, like you're doing the work for them? <laughs> yeah, they might hire you. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the, so one of their official accounts follows me. It's called mm -hmm. like Bachelor Nation. And it, it says in the, the caption or I guess the bio or whatever it's called, um, that it's run by producers. So I'm pretty sure that they're aware of me. And mm -hmm. I think given more and more contestants commenting on my page, um, I, I do think more of them know about it, which I mean, it's, it's cool. Like it is, it's like yeah. surreal that these people know that my work exists, but, um, I think on the, the flip side, like I, I hope that they use it. Like we're putting a lot of time into it. And I think especially, you know, I think one of the hardest posts for me was right after the Chris Harrison interview. Mm -hmm. um, I took like a solid three, four days before I made that post about, you know, how the producers spoke out against, uh, or like last summer during the Black Lives Matter movement, making a mm -hmm. commitment to showing diverse love stories. And like, I, I love this show. And yeah. like, I have to say, like, it is hard for me to just go and, you know, rip on them. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think in every industry, it's important to have data to hold you accountable mm -hmm. um, to things that, you know, things like racial bias and, and how you're editing um, those storylines. And, um, but also 
like looking at fun data. Like, Mm -hmm. are we really making it obvious every season using the same formula, like fireworks dates, that's going to cue our audience. And how can we kind of shake things up to right. keep this a little more fresh? So <laughs> like I said, like if they keep the formula going, then it's like, Hmm, someone's going to figure could it just out. Win, win their, <laughs> you know, yeah. First of all, people could maybe figure out who might win, but also you can do really well in your bachelor fantasy leagues. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, like, I, I hope that they use it. I yeah. like the data is there. It's I'm not hiding any of it. I'm, I try to be as transparent as I can be about how we collect it. Um, we constantly have conversations trying to keep our biases in check, Mm -hmm. um, because I do think that that's important since so many people are starting to see this and use this in conversations. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. And like, I, I, I would never, uh, you, you said if, uh, like they should hire me, I would never (laughs) accept money from ABC though. I would Mm -hmm. happily accept screeners in advance because I would love to not have horrible Tuesdays and Wednesdays on back-to-back weeks. There you go. (laughs) Um, But I, like I, as soon as anybody would accept money from the people that you're reporting on, it, it, it becomes a bias. So that's true. Like, that's true. Um, but like, I, I think more as far as far as like sustainability of this account, it's more, I'm trying to move into the education space to be able to pass along this knowledge to people mm-hmm. where you don't have to go get a master's degree yeah. or right. go back and do like a college level course, which to be honest, I have not heard one person rave about their college Excel courses. Yeah. Like, I took one and bad things. it was very boring. And that was, let's see, five or six years ago. And I don't really remember that much. So that's why I signed up for your bachelor of data Academy course. And I'm about 75% of the way through and it's very interesting. And I'm remembering things because it was interesting. Um, and it's just so cool that you, what made you think of creating a course? I know you're, you were a teacher before, but yeah. Um, at what point did you realize that, you know, like your Instagram account is getting popular that, you know, maybe you can do something additional with this. At what Mm -hmm. point did you like realize, wow, I might have something here. First off, it's, it's awesome to hear from somebody who's taking the course and really enjoying it. And that's, that's what I wanted to get out of it because it happened one day that somebody just DM me. Cause I was, I posted a picture of my spreadsheet. Cause I normally try to do that as like post my, me doing the work. So people understand kind of how we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody DM me and they're like, you should teach a course on this. And like, I, it wasn't the first time I'd been asked that, or like somebody suggested it, but it was the first time in my head where I was like, oh, like th- maybe that would be useful for people to learn the way that I did. Um, so other people don't have to go and collect the data themselves to, you know, cause it, it is a lot of work to collect the data. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I think the biggest thing that when I, I thought about it for weeks after that DM was thinking of like how bad the content is that's on YouTube mm-hmm. around Excel. And on top of that is like, I had to piecemeal my knowledge by listening to those boring monotone videos. Like it's, it's literally like every video is like, Hello, today we're going to be talking about <laughs> look up and here's this uh, spreadsheet and they don't talk about the data yeah. and they just like dive straight into the content. And it's like, I mean, I do have an education background and especially in my, my role for the last like five years across two districts, a big piece of that has been teaching people how to use technology in a way that's approachable and not intimidating. And I think that's what when I thought about it and talked about it a lot with my partner and, you know, with some, with some friends, it was like, I like, I really want to make a course that's relatable to especially women, because Mm -hmm. I feel like women are really neglected as far as like professional development that's catered to 
their interests. And I'm not saying that every woman likes the bachelor and I'm not saying that men can't like this either, but I feel Mm -hmm. like it's, it's all geared towards, you know, the certain personality in the workplace. And I feel like women in general are neglected. So the goal was, was to create a course that a is fun. Mm-hmm. B, you don't have to start each video with, okay, wait, what data am I looking at? What, like, what are housing interest rates? Like, oh mm-hmm. gosh, <laughs> you know, something that's like so unrelatable. It's like, we're just talking about screen time, Instagram followers and how far they made it on their season. Yeah. That is such easy data that if you, if you found the course, you probably 99% of the time already follow me. So you understand the data I'm talking about mm-hmm. that every video, like you don't need to start with, okay, here's the data. Here's how, what the data is talking about. Now let's talk about the concept. So, um, the hope was, was to create something that's really useful for people, but to get them to the place like I did where like it has propelled my career, um, you know, in terms of my skills, but also financially within my career goals yeah. um, and being able to give that to other people. Yeah. So yeah, I work in higher education and enrollment marketing. And so we have like thousands of data points about students and I create reports and analyze communications and all of that. And so it's just like, and I use more like uh, Google data studio and Tableau and stuff, but I was like, I need a refresher on Google sheets. Like <laughs> it's, it's a different ball game than what I use at work. And so it's like, this is very important because some of the stuff that I use at work is very niche for higher education. So yeah, it's yeah, very interesting. Google Data Studio and Tableau are awesome too. Yeah. I use Google Data Studio a ton and I'm going to be creating a course on it next year. But um, yeah, I feel like, especially if you already have the knowledge that you can use, you know, Google Sheets or Tableau or Google Data Studio, mm-hmm. I still think you're going to learn stuff in the course. Oh yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I feel like there's so many things, especially when I went back and created the course, I just were like writing out the curriculum because especially as an educator, right? Like I created a whole like course map, like mm-hmm. mapping out the curriculum and, and then going in and looking at really teaching. Cause the goal was learn how you use Google sheets, but then also be really efficient with it. So I went in and sprinkled in a ton of shortcuts that I think a lot of people neglect and right. the power of shortcuts was saving you time and like just your wrists with mm-hmm. all the work, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Um, one last question we had was for, do you think that spoilers and like controversies affect follower growth rate? Like if someone's in the news, like you always see a spike or people losing followers or whatever the news may be, but. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it Mm -hmm. like, if you look at Hannah Brown's season, you could say, yes, spoilers totally give it away. Cause like the original spoiler was that Tyler C won. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it switched halfway through the season to Jed around the time <laughs> that all the bad news was coming out about Jed. Um, and then, uh, but then if you fast forward to like Tasha's season, and if you fast forward also to, um, Katie's season, um, the people who the spoilers were out early on, like Zach and, um, was it always on Katie's season? Did the spoilers change? I don't remember. But I think I, they I remember pr- specifically, thought Blake would win, uh, or yeah. Yeah. But uh, like Zach on Tasha's season, he did not grow like other people did his season until (laughs) like the finale, he finally passed people. So sometimes it gives it away. Definitely if they're in the news, they spike. Yeah. Um, If they're in the news for positive reasons, if they're in the news for negative reasons, like people always follow if there's some big story going on, either because it's out of support or mm-hmm. they follow because they just want to watch what's going on and what they're going to say next. And then yeah, I want to watch the train wreck potentially. Yep. <laughs> and then they like 
they normally go down afterwards if, if they aren't on a season, but um, they definitely impact it. And that's why, you know, like, I don't necessarily love that spoilers are out there. It takes away from seeing if people are actually following people because they like them, but now you have the variable of, or is it because of a spoiler? Yeah. Right. And then I've also noticed you had a post about how the ratings have gone down um, season over season for, I think both the bachelor and the bachelorette, do you know, like, what is, what's your take on why that might be? I could vent so much about ratings. <laughs> I feel like I've been venting a lot about them too, especially in, in conversations with a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so ratings are based on this company called Nielsen, mm-hmm. um, which is horribly outdated technology. I don't think people realize that those ratings, when it says 2 million people watched, it's not actually tracking 2 million people. They're using a small population size of like 10, 20,000 people who choose to be tracked by Nielsen and get paid like a couple bucks a month. And then they use that data to then say an approximate number of people in the U S that watch. So, so not accurate at all. (laughs) No. Yeah. And I mean like Hulu has better data, but that's Mm -hmm. not posted publicly for anybody. So yeah, I think it's kind of like, I mean, the easiest example is like, saying that standardized testing says where a kid actually is. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't, it was one test on one day of a kid's life in that right. school year. And based on questions that were written across an entire state on where they should be. And sometimes they're really bad questions on those. Like, it's kind of like that where like, you can't just use one data point to say like, this child is not doing well. It's like, well, okay, but what are his academics? What are What's his behavior in class looking like? Like there's so many other things that take into account. So I think what's really important is like, if we are going to look at that data from Nielsen is more seeing, are they number one or number two every night? Because that's what really matters is Mm -hmm. if we're looking at other cable shows that are on, on the same night, are they still performing highest or around the highest? And they are like, and that's, that's what we want because every season performs worse than the previous season. Like Hannah Brown had tons of headlines about how horrible her season was with the ratings. <laughs> now everybody looks back at how great Hannah Brown's season was. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah, I, I post it once a season begrudgingly. I, <laughs> I hate Nielsen ratings, but, um, their data point, but I think it's, again, you need to look at the big picture, just like Context. every data point. Yeah. Well, I like, just don't think that most people realize that it is just a small percentage of people that make up this data. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought it was just literally who turned on their TV or something. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah, no. And um, on that point too, like Instagram is just one data point. Mm -hmm. So like, I remember when uh, like Ben Higgins came on as a guest, actually one time lost followers after going on the show, but he also had launched his book. What's Mm. more important? his number of followers or how many people are engaging and buying a product that he's selling. Like, yeah. So again, like, it doesn't matter that he lost followers. I lose followers. Like everybody, everyone does followers. Mm -hmm. Like every day I have people who unfollow me. You can see on like your own account, you can Mm -hmm. see this, this, uh, insights tab where you can see daily Mm -hmm. how many positives, like how many people followed you and how many people unfollowed you. And then you can see your daily, like net gain Mm -hmm. people unfollow me every day. Like, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean my account is going to be canceled and not going to be around anytime soon. Like it's the same thing. It's like, it's just one data point. Yeah. Quality over quantity. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to have a final plug for your Bachelor Data Academy course, um, I know you have the Excel version coming out, I think, in October. You also have your reality TV data account that I know you've put some posts on and potentially are going to you know, post some other TV show data on in the future. But yeah, just anything you want to say. Yeah, I mean, follow. Uh, I, and my biggest thing is, is you know, we we don't do marketing. We don't do brand promos like yeah. I I try to keep it strictly about the data and try to keep it advertisement free. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like the data, share it with your friends and family, post it on your stories. That's, that's all I ask is try to help get the word out there so we can continue to grow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you want to follow Susanna's account, you can follow her at bachelor data on Instagram. And I hope you guys all have a great week. Bye. Bye.